It's the Old Man Yells at Music Podcast. The show where a guy looks back at selected hits from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Also, some old musical TV shows, albums you may have forgotten or never even heard of, and more. Now, here's your host, the old man himself, Roger Stroop. Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. Today, we're looking at the charts of July 7th, 1979. Around this time, Hassan al-Bakr resigned as president of Iraq. His place was taken by the vice president, Saddam al-Takridi, who I'm sure did a fine job and never caused any trouble for anyone. Wait a minute. I'm being told that this guy would become better known as Saddam Hussein. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Let's look at what was going on in the culture beyond future war criminals. The most successful of this month's movie releases was The Amityville Horror, the true story of a family who moves into an an allegedly demon-possessed house on Long Island. It starred Margot Kidder, Lois Lane to Christopher Reeve's Superman, and James Brolin, the future Mr. Barbara Streisand. It would be the number two grossing movie of 1979, behind only Kramer vs. Kramer, a movie about a different kind of horror, divorce. Speaking of horror, there was also a remake of Dracula starring Frank Langella as the world's most famous bloodsucker. Other films coming out this month included Breaking Away, a cycling drama which gave early roles to future stars Dennis Quaid and Daniel Stern, A Force of One, a vehicle for martial arts star Chuck Norris that also starred Jennifer O'Neill from the special London Bridge special. The teen gang flick The Wanderers, not to be confused with the teen gang flick from earlier in 1979, The Warriors. The live-action Disney movie Unidentified Flying Oddball, about an astronaut who travels through through time back to King Arthur's court, and two comedy westerns featuring actors I never would have guessed had worked together. The Frisco Kid with Gene Wilder and Harrison Ford, and The Villain with Kirk Douglas and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's too bad those two didn't team up again to do, I don't know, Spartacus versus Terminator. And how about Ford and Wilder in Indiana Jones meets Young Frankenstein? You left money on the table there, Hollywood. Here's what was on American TV on this night. CBS kicks off with a rerun of the second episode of the sitcom version of the movie The Bad News Bears. It's the one where the team gets a new star pitcher. A girl. Next is Just Friends. Another flop sitcom starring Stockard Channing, who'd just come off playing Rizzo in Greece. In this episode, her character finds out that her husband is a member of a gay health club. Will this make her leave him and go back to Kaniki? Oh, wait, he's driving a cab on a different network. And at nine, they showed the 1974 movie The Spikes Gang, a Western starring Lee Marvin and Ron Howard, another unlikely pairing. On ABC, they started at eight with an episode of the original Battlestar Galactica one of the many attempts to cash in on the success of Star Wars and Star Trek that were being produced at this time. At least this one got kind of a successful remake years later. Then it's a love boat with a passenger list including Vincent Price and Ronald Reagan's daughter Maureen. And finally, a fantasy island where a guy wants to prove ghosts are real and a woman wants to meet the twins she gave up for adoption. And NBC starts with their motorcycle cop drama, Chips. But this week, the main story isn't about Ponch and or John, but rather a sergeant played by Robert Pine, father of Chris Pine, who plays Captain Kirk in the most recent Star Trek movies. Then they showed a movie, the made-for-TV Wilma, about the gold medal-winning sprinter Wilma Rudolph. On the bestseller lists, Fiction readers were buying War and Remembrance, Herman Wauk's continuation of the saga he began with The Winds of War. Also, The Island, 
Jaws authored Peter Benchley's tale of a tribe of pirates in the Bermuda Triangle. Shibumi, a spy thriller written by a guy who went by the name Trevanian. And The Vicar of Christ, Walter Murphy's story about an American who becomes the Pope. The top nonfiction titles included The Bronx Zoo, relief pitcher Albert Sparky Lyle's account of his 1978 season with the New York Yankees, Lauren Bacall by Myself, a memoir of the legendary actress and widow of Humphrey Bogart, and because people still wanted to read about Watergate even five years after Nixon resigned, you had To Set the Record Straight by John Sirica, the judge who presided over the impeachment trial, and A Time to Heal by Gerald Ford, the guy who took over from Tricky Dick and then pardoned him. And in music news, the 12th of this month was the infamous Disco Demolition Night at Comiskey Park in Chicago. In conjunction with Steve Dahl, a rock DJ who had been let go by a local radio station months earlier when they switched to a disco format, the Chicago White Sox baseball team offered discounted tickets to a, to a doubleheader to fans who bought a disco record with them. The records were to be placed in a large bin and then blown up with explosives. The team expected a crowd of between 25 and 30, I mean 20 and 35,000, but more than 50,000 people showed up and brought so many records that the bin overflowed to the point where some attendees instead took their records with them to their seats and threw them onto the field during the first game. After game one ended, the bin of records was brought out onto the field. Dahl then appeared to lead the crowd in a chant of, Disco sucks, before the records were indeed blown up. The explosion made a hole in the outfield grass. Then, thousands of rowdy, inebriated people stormed the field, destroying the batting cage, ripping up the bases, and setting fires. Order was eventually restored, but umpires ruled that the field was in no condition to be played on, and so they canceled the second game, which was eventually forfeited to the visiting Detroit Tigers. Some have credited this event with hastening the decline of disco in the United States, but I think it was more of an exaggerated expression of what was already happening. Oh, and also, if you remember my Tales from the Bargain Bin episode about Aerosmith's Rock in a Hard Place, this was also the month where Joe Perry left the band after a milk-throwing incident in Cleveland. Go back to that episode if you want to hear more about that story. And now, the charts. As usual, we begin below the top 40s. This time we're looking at a jazz musician who had been acclaimed and influential for more than two decades before making his one and only venture into the mainstream. At number 69 in the UK, it's Dr. Jackal and Mr. Funk by Jackie McLean. Born in New York in 1931, Jackie McLean began making his name as a saxophonist in the 1950s, playing with stars such as Miles Davis, Art Blakey, and Charles Mingus. He started making his own records in the middle of that decade and became known for his experimental avant-garde style. For some reason, he decided to try out disco in the late 70s, and the result was this single. Dr. Jackal and Mr. Funk is disco with a lot of sax, of course, and female vocals. I will now transform into someone who will read the lyrics. Dreary and dull, like somebody numbed his skull. Dr. Jackal ain't got no funk. Same old routine day by day. No change, it seems. Dr. Jackal ain't got no funk. Just to survive, punch that clock from nine to five. Dr. Jackal ain't got no funk. I'm certain still there's a way he gets his thrill. Dr. Jackal, he needs his funk. He's a dancing fool when the moon is full. Mr. Funk can't hide. He comes alive when Dr. Jackal says goodbye. When music plays, he gets in a funky haze. Dr. Jackal. He really cooks more than just the lady's look. Dr. Jackal knows all the licks. Ain't no doubt the dude is slick. Dr. Jackal, he takes command. Mr. Funk, the dancing man. This works better than you'd imagine. McLean takes the genre seriously, but has fun with it at the same time. This comes off as a more disco-friendly version of the... George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic Sound. 
Dr. Jackal and Mr. Funk peaked at number 53. Jackie McLean didn't make the pop charts again, and he recorded less frequently in the 80s and 90s. He died in 2006. We're into the top 40s now, starting in the UK with number 34, Death Disco by Public Image Limited. Formed in London in 1978, Public Image Limited was assembled and led by John Johnny Rotten Lydon shortly after he left the Sex Pistols. Their debut single, Public Image, went to number nine later that year. Death Disco was the follow-up. Death Disco is danceable post-punk with dissonant guitars over which John does that howly thing that's his version of singing. Let me bring the lyrics to life. Seeing in your eyes, words can never say the way. Told me in your eyes, final in a fade. Never no hope, never no more hope away. Final in a fade. Seeing in your eyes, never really know, never realize. Silence in your eyes, never really know till it's gone away. Never realize the silence in your eyes. Seen it, seen it in your eyes. Never no more hope away. Final in a fade. Watch her slowly die. Saw it in her eyes, choking on a bed. Flowers rotting dead. Seen it in her eyes, ending in a day. Silence was away, seeing in your eyes. I'm seeing through my eyes. Words cannot express. This song was inspired by the death of Lydon's mother, who had told him she wanted him to write a disco song for her funeral. I don't know if it was actually played at her funeral, but if she wanted a song that lived up to the title Death, Death Disco, she certainly got one. Death Disco peaked at number 20. Public Image Limited had five more hits, including one more top 10 with 1983's This Is Not A Love Song. Later in 1979, the band released an album called Metal Box, which consisted of three 12-inch 45 RPM records contained inside a round metal box. The band split up in 1992, but Leiden reunited them in 2009 with two musicians who had joined the group in 1986. Their most recent studio album was 2015's What the World Needs Now. We now travel to Canada for their number 40 song, Heart of the Night by Poco. Formed in Los Angeles in 1968, Poco were assembled by guitarist Richie Fure after the breakup of the band Buffalo Springfield. By 1973, Fure had left, as had other early members Jim Messina, who began recording with Kenny Loggins, and Randy Meisner and Timothy B. Schmidt, who would both be later be members of the Eagles, but not at the same time, strangely enough. Guitarist Rusty Young, the only remaining, remaining original member, continued the group, and they had scored their first hit earlier this year when Crazy Love, the first single from their 11th LP, Legend, hit the top 20 in the U.S. and Canada. Heart of the Night was the follow-up. Heart of the Night is slick country rock featuring lyrics by band member Paul Cotton, inspired by his love for New Orleans in the evening. Let's let the lyrics roll. In the heart of the night, in the cool southern rain, there's a full moon in sight, shining down on the poncha train, and the river she rises just like she used to do. She's so full of surprises, she reminds me of you. In the heart of the night, oh whoa, down in New Orleans, there's a night bird singing right on through to the dawn, and the streets are still ringing with people carrying on. It's been so long waiting just to be here again and anticipating all the time I could spend in the heart of the night. And I trust in your love, never falling down. I trust in your love, just like I do in this town. And a note about the Legend album. Its cover, a simple line drawing of a horse, was designed by Phil Hartman. You might remember him from such record sleeves as Harbor by America, and Fighting Clowns by Firesign Theater. Or maybe Saturday Night Live, The Simpsons, and News Radio. He became kind of a legend himself. 
Heart of the Night peaked at number 18. In the U.S., it got to number 20. Poco didn't return to the top 40 until 10 years later. When their album Legacy, on which Richie Furet, Jim Messina, and Randy Meisner returned to the lineup, produced two more hits. Those three soon left again, and the band continued to play and record on and off for the next 30 years or so. Both Rusty Young and Paul Cotton died last year. Now we take our first look at the American charts with number 39. Is She Really Going Out With Him? by Joe Jackson. Born in Staffordshire in 1954, Joe Jackson had been in a couple of bands before he signed a major label solo deal in 1978. Is She Really Going Out With Him was the first single from his debut album, Look Sharp. Is She Really Going Out With Him is a bratty rock tirade about that age-old view of the male heterosexual outsider. Why do the hot girls go for vapid, superficial idiots when they should be going out with a smart, funny guy like me? I'm really going to read the lyrics. Pretty women out walking with gorillas down my street. From my window, I'm staring while my coffee grows cold. Look over there. Where? There. There's a lady that I used to know. She's married now or engaged or something, so I'm told. Is she really going out with him? Is she really going to take him home tonight? Is she really going out with him? Because if my eyes don't deceive me, there's something going wrong around here. Tonight's the night when I go to all the parties down my street. I wash my hair and I kid myself I look real smooth. Look over there. Where? There. Here comes Jeannie with her new boyfriend. They say that looks don't count for much. If so, there goes your proof. But if looks could kill, there's a man there who's more down as dead. Because I've had my fill. Listen, you, take your hands from her head. I get so mean around this scene. Is the narrator of this song what we nowadays call an incel? In my view, no. Because from Jackson's performance, I see him as someone who's venting anger he knows is impotent, and, does, and he doesn't really believe that this, these women actually owe him anything. Like I said, he's just venting. Overall, to me, this is fine Elvis Costello-ish punk-adjacent angst. Is She Really Going Out With Him peaked at number 21. It hit number 13 in the UK and number 9 in Canada. Joe Jackson would have a few more hits over the next few years, the biggest being the 1982 triple top 10, Steppin' Out. He continues to record and perform, and his 21st album, Fool, came out in 2019. We stay in the U.S. for their number 30 song, People of the South Wind by Kansas. Formed in Topeka, Kansas in 1973, Kansas, let me say that again, Kansas, contained members of once-rival local prog rock bands Reasons Why and White Clover. They released their debut album in 1974, and two years later they scored their first hit with Carry On Wayward Son. They had two more hits after this, including the top ten Dust in the Wind. People of the South Wind was the first single from their sixth studio album, Monolith. People of the South Wind is fast, proggy pop rock. Let's breeze through the lyrics. There are some who can still remember all the things that we used to do, but the days of our youth were numbered, and the ones who survive it are few. Oh, I can still see the smiling faces when the times were so good, all in the old familiar places. I'd go back, if I could, to the people of the south wind, the people of the southern wind. It's the people of the wind. I got to be there again. Well, it's a hard thing to face the music. But, some, but it's something everybody has got to do. So I hope that I can always remember all the crazy times we had to go through. Now it's a dream that is slowly fading, and I don't want it to go. All the, all the memories are evading, and I want you to know. Now we've traveled across all the oceans, and we've seen what there is to see. But I guess it's not the proper solution, because it's all about the same to me. 
Now I look back and it makes me wonder why we just couldn't see all the all the battles we fought and won there. And I wish that I could be with the people of the South Wind. It's got those prog rock type of lyrics where they sound profound, but probably don't really mean anything. But the singer sounds like a bit to me, a bit like Lou Graham of Foreigner here. And for me, that's a plus. People of the South Wind peaked at number 23. In Canada, it got to number 59. Kansas had three more hits in the 80s. They continued to record and perform, and their latest album, The Absence of Presence, came out in 2020. We're back in Britain for number 24, Gertrude by Chaz and Dave. Musicians Charles Hodges and David Peacock began writing and performing together in London in 1972. Gertrude was their first single to reach the UK Top 40. Gertrude is a prime example of Chaz and Dave's signature musical style, which they call Rockney. It's a mix of rock, piano-led pub sing-alongs, and Cockney slang, such as the song's, this song's title, which is an oath or a threat similar to many swear words. Let's gert to the lyrics. Now there's a word that I don't understand. I hear it every day from my old man. It may be Cockney rhyming slang. It ain't, no, it ain't in no school book. He says it every time he, that he gets mad. A regular caution is my old dad. Rub the old man up the wrong way. Bet your life you'll hear him say, Gertrude, cow son, Gertrude, Gertrude, when the kids are swinging on the gate, Gertrude, when the paper boy's half an hour late, Gertrude, when the pigeons are pecking at his seed, Gertrude, when the barber starts digging up his bean, Gertrude, cow son, Gertrude. Barstool preaching, that's the old man's game. Now the old man was a desert rat, cocky shorts and a cocky hat. How my mother could have fancied that, I just don't know. But when the enemy came in sight, they gave up without a fight. They rubbed him up the wrong way, and this is what they heard him say. Gertrude, cow son, Gertrude, Gertrude. When me rock and roll rec records wake him up, Gertrude. When the Poles knock England out of the cup. Gertrude. When the kids are banging on his door. Gertrude. When, when the barman won't serve him anymore. Cow son, by the way, is a word that has a similar meaning to the phrase son of a bitch. Anyway, this is a catchy little ditty, but obviously it was never going to travel well and become a hit outside of the British Isles. Gertrude was down from a peak of number 20. Chaz and Dave had three more hits on their own, as well as three on which they were accompanied by members of their favorite soccer team, Tottenham Hotspur, and another on which they were joined by a number of famous snooker players. In 1983, they hosted their own TV variety show, Chaz and Dave's Knees Up. They continued to record and perform together until Charles Chaz Hodges died in 2018. We're back in Canada for their number 21 song, Dancer, by Gino Socio. Born in Verdun, Quebec in 1955, Gino Socio was, a, was part of the late 70s electronic music scene in Montreal. He worked with a group called Quebec Electric before concentrating on a solo career. Dancer was the first single from his debut album, Outline. Dancer is female-sung disco funk. Boogie along with the lyrics. Dancer, let your body free now. Dancer, if you want to feel good. Dancer, gotta get a move on. Dancer, try to take it higher. Dancer, dancer. Try to take it higher. Dancer, you never knew the power of your body, but when you keep on dancing to the music, you reach up high into the sky. 
As you might expect, the sound of Montreal disco kind of splits the difference between the New York and European versions. And apparently, Socio was a big deal in Montreal. Because when the city's biggest celebrity of the time, hockey star Guy Lafleur, decided he wanted to do a disco-slash-hockey instruction album, he got none other than Gino to produce it. Dancer would peak at number 6. It hit number 46 in the U.S., I mean in the U.K., excuse me, and number 48 in the U.S. Socio didn't have more success on the pop charts, but he continued to have dance music hits well into the 80s. He seems to have disappeared from the music scene around 1988. We're working and growing and doing it all for you. So come on and listen and see what we're gonna do. Like what's coming this fall to the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. More exciting Canicus charts from the 70s, 80s and 90s, the busted bubbles of 1979. A forgotten album about a superhero featuring many big stars. The third annual Omayam Halloween special and the beginning of the 90s Uneasy Rider tournament. You're going to love it. Old man yells music. Listen to us now. Yeah. We're into the top 20s, starting with Canada's number 15, Rumba Girl by Nicolette Larson. Born in Helena, Montana in 1952, Nicolette Larson started as a backup singer for artists such as Commander Cody, Emmy Lou Harris, and most notably, Neil Young. She released her debut album in 1978, and her first single, a cover of Young's song, Vada Love, hit the top ten in both Canada and the U.S. Rumba Girl was the follow-up. Rumba Girl is funky soft rock about a girl who likes to dance. Whether that's a metaphor for something else, I leave for you to decide. Let's read lyrics. Well, I'm the same old girl that I used to be. I haven't changed at all. Got the same old walk, the same old talk that would run you up a wall. I got the same old face and the same old smile and the same old baby blues. And I'm still doing the rumba, baby. I'm still the girl for you. I'm still doing the rumba, baby. I can't seem to quit. If my mama catches us doing the rumba, my mama would just pitch a fit. But, but I can't help myself. It's much bigger than me. If I were you, I would hang on to a rumba. I would hang on to a rumba girl like me. Or there's well, there's lots of girls on the floor tonight with a lot slicker steps than me. The boogaloo, the funky Broadway, are such a pretty sight to see. My step might be old-fashioned, but that's just fine with me. Cause I got a couple of rumba steps that I think you'd like to see. She reminds me a lot of Linda Ronstadt. Incidentally, Ronstadt sang backup on this song. Honestly, if they had switched places on this, I don't think I would have been able to tell. Rumba Girl peaked at number 15. In America, it got to number 47. Nicolette Larson had one more top 40 hit in the States, but she had less success as the years went on, and she suffered from depression in her later years. She died from a cerebral edema in 1997. We return to the States for their number 11 song, Gold, by John Stewart. Born in San Diego in 1939, John Stewart's first major success came in 1961, when he was chosen to replace Dave Gard in the popular folk group, the Kingston Trio. After they broke up in 1967, Stewart wrote the song Daydream Believer, which became a number one hit for the Monkees. But as a recording artist, he found little chart success himself until this, the first single from his ninth solo album, Bombs Away Dream Babies. Gold is laid-back California rock about young musicians dreaming of success in Los Angeles. Here are some precious lyrics. When the lights go down in the California town, people are in for the evening. I jump into my car and I throw in my guitar. My heart beat time with my breathing. Driving over Canaan, singing to my soul. 
there's people out there turning music into gold. Well, my buddy Jim Bass, he he's a working pumping pumping gas, and he makes two fifty for an hour. He's got rhythm in his hands as he's tapping on the cans, sings rock and roll in the shower, driving over Canaan, singing to his soul. There's people out there turning music into gold. Ah, the California girls are the greatest in the world. Each one a song in the making. Singing right to me. I can hear the melody. Story is there for the taking. This was co-produced by Fleetwood Mac's Lindsey Buckingham, who also plays guitar. And Stevie Nicks sings backup. Between this, Whenever I Call You Friend by Kenny Loggins, and Walter Egan's Magnet and Steel, those two had a Midas touch with other artists in the wake of rumors. And of those three songs I mentioned, I think this is the best. Gold peaked at number five. It got to number four in Canada and number 43 in the UK. Stewart had two more hits right after this, but no more afterward. He continued to record and perform up until his death from a stroke in 2008. We're back in Britain for song number 20, Maybe by Tom Pace. Born in Boise, Idaho in 1949, Tom Pace got his first break when a song of his was used in a 1974 independent film. The song was Maybe, and the film was The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams, the story of a real-life 1800s mountain man that became a surprise box office hit. In 1977, NBC launched a spin-off TV series about the Grizzly Adams character, and Maybe was used as that as the show's theme song. The show lasted two seasons in the U.S., and it also became popular in the U.K. to the point where a version of the song was released there as a single. Maybe is gentle country rock about living an idyllic existence in nature. These are definitely the lyrics. Deep inside the forest is a door into another land. Here is our life and home. We are staying here forever in the beauty of this place all alone. We keep on hoping maybe there's a world where we don't have to run. And maybe there's a time we'll call our own. Living free in harmony and majesty. Take me home. Take me home. Walking through the land where every living thing is beautiful. Why does it have to end? We are calling, oh so sadly, on the whispers of the wind as we send a dying message. Yeah, this is the kind of song that would evoke a bearded guy who lives in a forest with a bear. As for Pace's voice, it reminds me a bit of David Gates from Bread. I can't say I understand why anyone would really need to hear this song beyond its use in the movie and or show. I don't, yeah, I just don't get it. Maybe peaked at number 14. Tom Pace never returned to the pop charts, but he continued to write songs for television and films in the 80s. He's released a couple of albums since. Most recently, 2018's Come Down Hard, Youth Rising. We've reached the top tens. And we begin with the number, the UK number seven, The Lone Ranger by Quantum Jump. Formed in 1973, Quantum Jump made two albums before breaking up in 1977. But two years later, radio DJ Kenny Everett began playing a single they put out in 1976, and it became popular enough to warrant a re-release. The Lone Ranger is proto-new wave with lyrics that cast certain aspersions on the famous masked TV Western hero. And the opening chant is actually a derivation of the longest word in the world, the name of a hill in New Zealand. I will try to pronounce that, and if I survive, I'll give you some of the other lyrics. Taumata waka tangi hanga koa yao. Tamatea turipuka kapakimang. Kimangahoro Nuki Nuki Poka Nuki Wenuaka Nuku Poki 
Okay. Naki Pokai Wenuakitana Tahu. Mi Tanto Kimosabe. Me go and catch me baddie. Find him in the shady water deep within Apache forest. Find him, scalp him, eat him up for breakfast. Real good friend, Kimosabe. Save another silver bullet. Hi ho, silver away. Ride into, ride into tomorrow today. But who was that masked man, you say? That was the Lone Ranger. Fill up, fill up pipe of peace for Tonto. Kimosabe, friend and brother. He smoked pipe of peace with Tonto. Put his mask on, back to Fronto. Tonto fall about with laughter. He ahead, our great white brother. Even pass a toke to silver. Masked man very untogether. Tonto know that Kimosabe never have a woman. Tonto's sometimes stop and wonder. What the trip with the great white brother? Maybe masked man, he a poofter. Try it on with surly Tonto. Let me say to Mr. Lawman, Tonto doesn't mind. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. 1970, the, the 70s, ladies and gentlemen. This, anyway, this is very much a novelty and of its time, but a very catchy one. I would say it's the precursor to another British one-hit wonder. This one from the 80s. I Want to Be a Cowboy by Boys Don't Cry. So the Lone Ranger was down from a peak of number five. The group reunited to promote the song on Top of the Pops. Then they went their separate ways again. Keyboardist Rupert Hine would go on to a prolific career as a producer, working with... Tina Turner, Rush, Stevie Nicks, Howard Jones, Duncan Sheik, Mila Jovovich, and many, many others. Now it's back to Canada for number seven, Chuck E's in Love by Ricky Lee Jones. Born in Chicago in 1954, Ricky Lee Jones grew up in Phoenix, then moved to California to launch her music career. She had just released her self-titled debut album in March, and Chucky's In Love was the first single. Chucky's In Love is loping jazz pop, whose lyrics were inspired by a phone call that Jones and her then-boyfriend Tom Waits received from one of their peers, Chuck E. Weiss. During that phone call, Weiss announced that he was, well, in love. Let's see if you fall for the lyrics. How come he don't come and PLP with me down at the meter no more? And how come he turn off the TV and he hang that sign on the door? We call and we call. How come, we say, hey, what could make a boy behave this way? So he has learnt all of the lines now, and every time he don't stutter when he talks. It's true, it's true. He sure has acquired this kind of cool and inspired sort of jazz when he walks. Where's his jacket and his old blue jeans? Well, this ain't healthy. It is some kind of clean. That means Chucky's in love. Chucky's in love. I don't believe what you're saying to me. This is something that I've got to see. Is he here? I look in the pool hall. Well, is he here? I look in the drugstore. Is he here? No, he don't come here no more. I tell you what, I saw him. He was sitting behind us down at the Pantages. And whatever it is that he's got up his sleeve, well, I hope it isn't contagious. What's her name? Is that her there? Oh, Christ, I think he's even combed his hair. Is that her? Well, then what's her name? Oh, it's never going to be the same. But that's not her. I know what's wrong. Because Chuck E's in love with the little girl singing this song. That last part is fiction. Ricky was not the lady Chuck had fallen for. Anyway, this is just a cool song. It wasn't like anything else around it, and yet it fit on fit and yet it fit in on the radio. I can't imagine anyone not liking this song. I'm sure they exist, but I don't want to know about them. I'm sorry. Chuck E's in Love peaked at number five. It hit number four in the US and number eighteen in the UK. 
Ricky Lee Jones had one more U.S. hit later this year, but never had another top 40 there besides, despite releasing successful albums. In 1993, a portion of an interview she had done about her childhood was sampled on Little Fluffy Clouds, the U.K. top 10 by the electronic group The Orb. She continues to record and perform, and her 13th studio album, Kicks, came out in 2019. We're in America one more time for the number six song, Making It by David Naughton. Born in West Hartford, Connecticut in 1951, David Naughton first gained fame in 1977, singing and dancing in a series of commercials for soft drink Dr. Pepper. He was a pepper, all the people around him were peppers, and he wanted to know if you would consider becoming a pepper as well. This led to ABC giving him the lead role in a sitcom called Making It, which was essentially a more comedic TV, TV ripoff of Saturday Night Fever. The show debuted in February of 1979 and ran only nine episodes before being canceled. However, the show's theme song, performed by Naughton himself, managed to gain, tracks, gain traction after being released as a single. Making It is by-the-numbers disco with bland TV commercial-level vocals, and up with people lyrics. After I read the lyrics, I'll tell you how I really feel about it. I'm solid gold. I've got the goods. They stand when I walk through the neighborhoods. I'm making it. I've got the chance. I'm taking it. No more. No more faking it. This time in life, I'm making it. Making it. Hello uptown. Goodbye poverty. The top of the ladder is waiting for me. I'm making it. I've got the chance. I'm taking it. No more. No more faking it. This time in life, I'm making it. Making it. Listen, everyone here. This coming year's gonna be my year. I'm as bad as they come. Number two to no one. I've got looks. I've got brains. And I'm breaking these chains. Make some room now. Dig what you see. Success is mine. Because I've got the key. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you'll have gotten the idea that there are very few songs that I outright hate, but this is one of them. Good, even adequate disco needs one or more of the following. Soul, funk, grandeur, heat, sleaze, and or drive. This has literally none of these. This is just sped up yacht rock, and terrible yacht rock at that. Naughton is no John Travolta. He's not even a Joey Travolta. Singing-wise, commercial jingles were his lane, and he should have stayed in it. Disco Demolition Night should have been dedicated to blowing up copies of this song, and only this song, although that might have made the name redundant, because this track did enough to try and destroy the genre on its own. Disco doesn't suck, but making it sure does. Making it peaked at number five. It hit number 10 in Canada and number 44 in Britain. Naughton, thankfully, had no further hits. He continued to do Dr. Pepper commercials for a couple more years. Then he played the title role in the hit horror film An American Werewolf in London. He's worked steadily in film and television since then, and you probably won't be surprised to learn that he was in one of the Sharknado movies. We'll run down the top 10s and look at a number one right after this. Hi, Roger Stroop here. As I'm sure you know, Old Man Yells at Music has a Patreon. I have for a while, but now I've streamlined it. Two tiers and guaranteed bonus content at both levels. It's simple. And when you join, you will get a mention on the show. And it'll give you a song for my charts. You can tell your friends you have a hit. Just go on patreon.com slash music, pick a tier, and sign up. You'll warm this old man's heart. Thank you. Time for the top 10 recaps. We begin in the USA. Number 10, I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick, the Illinois band's breakthrough hit. Number 9, Making It by David Naughton. Number 8, We Are Family by Sister Sledge, the biggest home hit for the Philadelphia siblings. Number 7, 
Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Emotions, a Chicago disco funk summit. Number six, The Logical Song by Supertramp, their biggest American hit. Number five, She Believes in Me by Kenny Rogers, his second top ten. Number four, Chuck E's in Love by Ricky Lee Jones. Number three, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. This had recently become her second number one. Number two, Bad Girls by Donna Summer. This was about to become her third number one. And the number one song in the USA this week was Ring My Bell by Anita Ward. The Memphis singer's only major hit was a Triple Crown winner. Now let's check out the Canadian top 10. Number 10, She Believes in Me by Kenny Rogers. Number nine, Heart of Glass by Blondie. Their first of three Triple Crown winners. Number eight, Good Night Tonight by Wings. The 13th top 10 for Macca's Other Band. Number seven, Chucky's in Love by Ricky Lee Jones. Number six, Reunited by Peaches and Herb. A North American number one for a duo from Washington. Number five, You Take My Breath Away by Rex Smith. The biggest hit for a Florida-born actor-singer. Number four, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. Number three, We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Number two, Love You Inside Out by the Bee Gees. They're 12th number one here. And the number one song in Canada this week was The Logical Song by Supertramp. Their first of two number ones here. And now the UK top 10. Number 10, Dance Away by Roxy Music. Their fifth top 10. Number nine, Come On Everybody by The Sex Pistols, a post-Johnny Rotten Eddie Cochran cover. Number eight, Boogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the Emotions. Number seven, The Lone Ranger by Quantum Jump. Number six, Light My Fire, 137 Disco Heaven by Amy Stewart, a Washington singer's disco medley, which includes a Doors cover. Number five, Night Owl by Jerry Rafferty, the second top 10 for the Scottish singer. Number four, Ring My Bell by Anita Ward. Number three, Silly Games by Janet Kay, the biggest hit for a London reggae singer. Number two, Up the Junction by Squeeze, the second top five for the London band. And the number one song in the UK this week, and the one in our spotlight was... Our Friends Electric by Tubeway Army. Formed in London in 1977, Tubeway Army were led by singer Gary Newman. They started out as a punk band, but soon went in a more electronic direction. They signed a record deal in 1978 and finally broke through on the charts with this, the second single from their second LP, Replicas. Our Friends Electric is noisy synth pop that, according to Newman, is about a future where there are robot prostitutes. Okay, let's charge up the lyrics. It's cold outside and the paint's peeling off my wall, off of my walls. There's a man outside in a long coat, gray hat, smoking a cigarette. Now the light fades out, and I wonder what I'm doing in a room like this. There's a knock on the door, and just for a second, I thought I remembered you. So now I'm alone. Now I can think for myself about little deals and issues, things that I just don't understand, like a white lie that night or a sly touch at times. I don't think it meant anything to you. So I opened the door. It's the friend that I'd left in the hallway. Please sit down. A candlelit shadow on a wall near the bed. You know, I hate to ask, but are friends electric? Only mine's broke down. Now I've no one to love. So I found out your reason for the phone calls and smiles, and it hurts that I'm lonely, and I should never have tried, and I missed you tonight. So it's time to leave. You see, it meant everything to me. The track certainly sets the kind of icy, foreboding mood you'd imagine would be prevalent in a future when, where one cannot count on the humanity of the companionship one seeks. Listening to this song almost makes you feel like you're in the Matrix. 
This was the second of four weeks at number one for Our Friends Electric. Shortly after this, Gary Newman dropped the Tubeway, the Tubeway Army name and recorded just as Gary Newman, but many of the same musicians continued to back him up for a few years. His first official solo single, Cars, hit number one in Britain and Canada and reached the top ten in the U.S. He had 13 more U.K. hits after that, including five top fives. Newman continues to record and perform, and his 19th studio album, Intruder, came out last year. So, how to sum up the pop music of July 1979? The foundation of disco's dominance may have been cracking, but on the surface it was still pretty dominant on the charts. Rock was doing well, but it was mainly medium to soft stuff. New Wave was bubbling up as the hot emerging sound in Britain, as punk was becoming borderline acceptable. And it was a good time for artists originating in the western United States, not just California, but Arizona and even out-of-the-way locales like Idaho and Montana. Now it's time for Old Man Yells at You. First of all, I'm going to suggest you look at some clips of and about Disco Demolition Night. It was a unique event, to say the least, and a lot of people have a lot of opinions about what it meant. I posted something on the playlists, but there's plenty more where that came from. Then I'm going to recommend Ricky Lee Jones's second album, Pirates. No hits, but still more of what made her such a refreshing new voice at the time. And finally, go ahead and find some clips of Phil Hartman on Saturday Night Live. I think there's a case to be made that he was the greatest all-around performer that show ever had. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, both of which are at Mr. B. Glovehead, or on the blog post for this episode, which is at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Or you can check out the Instagram account at Old Man Yells at Music. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, which I will link to in the show notes. Also in the show notes is a link to my Patreon, where you can support the show and get all the bonus Microdose episodes, including the new one with Tom Jones. And make my charts, just like Mike Birmingham. All lyrics quoted are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next time of the show, it's more charts. This time from 1987. Looking back at the hits from the summer when I was 16. Until then, I'm Roger Stroop saying, Gertcha, cow son, Gertcha. Stay safe.